Well, you may have noticed a slight theme this morning. Um, yesterday, the new King of England was crowned. Did you, did you know that, by the way? Did anybody miss it? No, okay, we all, we all, we all caught on, that's good. Uh, who watched yesterday for the crown? Ah, here's a better question. Who didn't watch yesterday? <laughs> I tell you, we watched, we watched the full thing, and I tell you, whew, you thought our services could go on a bit. <laughs> whew, I tell you. Um, <laughs> I think one of the um, big things that people were talking about afterwards was Prince Louis yawning. Um, please, nobody take that as an example to follow. <laughs> One thing I did notice is, um, as someone who worked in TV, is the big moment. The significant time of the crown going on the king's head. And do we have the picture of that? That's not a good shot. I mean, they rehearsed it. They, could t they had a choice where to put the cameras. They knew where he was going to stand, and they missed the shot. That's when it got better. And I was sat there thinking we should have sent Shannon down there. She'd have got it. <laughs> but it was a significant day in history. That's we can clear that now. <laughs> it tends to be the way that this country marks its calendar of ages. We were, until recently, new Elizabethans. And now, we're a bunch of Charlies. <laughs> no, actually, that's not, that's not, that's not correct. It's, it's, it's the Caroline era. I don't know how you get from one word to the other. I, don't, I, uh, I think I prefer Charlies, but that's... Uh... Anyway, it was a significant day for the United Kingdom. And it was nice to see Charles be coronated which I think is the correct word. But as I watched it, it's strange, because I felt like I was watching it as an outsider. And really, I am an outsider. I live in the United Kingdom, but my citizenship is somewhere else. My loyalty when it comes to royalty is with another king and another kingdom. I might live in the United Kingdom, but it is not my permanent address. So it was fun to watch the citizens of this nation see their new king crowned, but I have a confession to make this morning. I think my king is better. And this morning, you are cordially invited to meet my king. What's his name? Well, I think you probably have a fair idea. There are many names that can be applied to my king. Even your king has many names. He is Charles, Philip, Arthur, George, Windsor. One way people refer to this king is they call him Majesty. 2 Peter 1.16 says, For we do not follow cleverly devised stories. When, you told, when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Yeah. 
Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Oh, there's a sentence. Sorry, I need to read that sentence out again. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Now I realize other kings use this title, majesty. But you know they're just borrowing it from my king. And you know what? He's going to take it back. I was thinking about that. It's a weird thing to call an earthly king, a person, your majesty. When you think about it, because it, it sort of suggests that he's divine and he's not. Should we actually ever refer to a human being with that title? But it actually goes back a long, long way. You know, in many cultures, such as ancient Egypt, Mesopotamia, Mes you know what it is, and China, <laughs> the ruler was seen as a god king who had absolute power over their subjects, who were worshipped as gods, and they were seen as divine. So when God brought the Jewish people into the land of Israel, and he said, I don't really want you to have a king, he was to be their king. Now it's easy to think, why, why did God have a problem with that? What's wrong with having a guy in charge? Why does God have an issue? But when you look at the cultures around them, you look at the culture that they escaped in Egypt, where Pharaoh was worshipped as God, surrounded by other nations with God kings, when they say to God, why can't we have a king like the other nations have? I get why God's like, you know, that's not a good idea. That is not a good idea. He said, this is going to lead to problems. And, you know, despite God's warnings, the Israelites persisted in their demand for a king. And God allows them to have one. The first king of Israel was Saul, who was followed by David and then Solomon. However, the history of Israel's monarchy was not a good one. Corruption, rebellion, and many kings failed to follow God's law. So the idea of having kings as divine, or the divine right of kings, it's not new. Richard II saw his role as divine. And he was the first one, really, who generally was, you, you, you need to call me more than your highness. You need to call me majesty. Charles V of Spain when he became Holy Roman Emperor, he started to use the term, Your Majesty, because he's like, well, Your Highness isn't quite enough when you consider my position. Then Henry VIII, he heard this and thought, that's quite good. I like that. Also, I can't be outdone by the Spanish. I'll have that title too. But the title, the real majesty, they, they, these are just reflections of the real majesty. Because it belongs to my king. 
1 Chronicles 29:11 says, "Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and power and glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all." There's another title that my king has. He's known by this. Revelation 19 Verse 16, on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, that's another title earthly kings have stolen from themselves. They've tried to take that one. Xerxes, the King of Babylon, the guy who led the army against the 300 Spartans, he referred to himself as the king of kings because he was a king who conquered other kings. In the book of Daniel, the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar and the Persian king Cyrus have this title applied to them. They used this title to install fear in people who would come up against them. You're king, I'm king of kings. You can't stand against me. They gained these titles through war and conquest. Jesus has had that title since before there was time. 1 Timothy 6, 14 and 16. The appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me tell you, Jesus has no opposition to his rule. There is nobody who's going to take his throne off him. Ever. Ever. Although interestingly, the book of Revelation tells us there's those who are going to try. Revelation 17, 14, they will make war on the Lamb and the Lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and those who with him are called chosen and faithful. There will be absolutely no doubt who is highest. Absolutely no doubt. Listen, the nations may rage, the nations may plot, the nations may pretend he doesn't exist, but he sits on high above it all. He'll never be shaken. Man might claim majesty to them for themselves. Mine might claim the title king of kings. But those titles will always, always belong to Jesus and never be taken from him. That's my king. You know, he's different to the kings that this world has seen before. Because my king, my king came to serve our kings pretend to come to serve. He said as much himself. He didn't come to lord it over us. Mark 10 verses 42 to 45. And Jesus called them to him and said, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to give us an example of how we should all live. We should all be servants of one another, putting other people first. If anybody had a right to come and say, I should be served, it was Jesus. But he didn't do it. Instead, he gave his life. I wonder how many kings would give their life for you. It's only one. Only one. My king is the greatest king. My king has a kingdom that will never end. You know, all of the kingdoms of this earth, they're not going to last. The empire of Alexander the Great fell. Wasn't so great after, after all. Henry VIII may have taken the term majesty, but you know his legacy was gone in the next generation and handed over to the King of Scotland. Mankind's empires and kingdoms will rise and fall. Charles will reign for a time, but you know we will have another coronation. It's interesting on the news, the amount of people, <laughs> there was... I understand some people, you know, being interviewed, you know, Vox, I, I don't like Vox Pops. You know that where they, they shove a microphone on someone's face and ask them a question. It's the lowest form of journalism that ever exists. Hate it. But sometimes it's funny. <laughs> and there was occasions where, you know, some, some, some elderly people, well, I'm never going to see an event like this in my lifetime. It's fair enough. But when they're interviewing someone who looks 30 and saying, I'm never going to see an event like this again in my lifetime, I think... I should hope you are. <laughs> anyway. You know, a time will come where we'll get the bunting back out. We will have the street-mandated street parties. I mean, sorry, we'll be encouraged to have state-approved parties. Another person will sit on that throne. Governments come. They last a little while. They self-destruct. And another government comes. It just happens. That's the, that's the nature of the way mankind's kingdoms always are. Nothing in this world is permanent. Nothing. There's a reason why everything feels so uncertain at the moment. It's not going to last. But the kingdom that Jesus is going to build will no, no end. It will never be shaken. It will always stand. It's the only solid thing we could ever build our lives on. When Isaiah the prophet foretold Jesus coming, he said this, Isaiah 9, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Forevermore. 
You know, when Gabriel comes to Mary and announces the birth of Jesus, he says the same. His kingdom will know no end. See, here's the amazing thing. Jesus, my king, is building a kingdom that will last for eternity. Listen, life can feel like a long time, can't it? Oh, it's got nothing on eternity. I want my eternity in something secure. Here's the other amazing thing. My king doesn't keep the kingdom for himself. He gives it to the people. Daniel talks about this. Daniel 7, 27. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Their kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and dominions shall serve and obey them. You know, Jesus didn't come to build a kingdom for himself, but he came to build a kingdom for his people. When we come to Jesus, we become sons and daughters of the living God, and we have an inheritance in his kingdom. I'll tell you another great thing about my king. He is so accessible. It was quite something to see all the people lying in the streets yesterday. They got to see the king pass by at a distance. They got to be part of that historical day. But they weren't invited inside. That was a select few. Actually, Glenn Barrett, who heads AOG that we're part of, was one of those select few. It was great to see our denomination represented. That Pentecostalism was represented. That was great. But there was only a select few in there. It's actually, have you ever been to Westminster? It's quite small. It's not a big place. Now there's occasions where you get to see the king. You know, it, it functions. At events. At the openings of song contests. You know, things like that. But we can't get close. We're not welcome in the throne room. But I tell you, my king, my king isn't distant. I don't need to stand out in the rain to catch a glimpse of my king. He isn't surrounded by security. Jesus wants to spend time with us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to help us every day. You know, Jesus promised he would be with us to the end of the age. He said he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. And I can testify to that in my life. He's never deserted me. Even though many times I've deserted him. He's never let me down even though I've let him down. And I never have to queue to see my king. I just kneel and there I am in the throne room. So close to us. Isn't it amazing that we all have access to the king? It blows my mind. Close my eyes, there he is. You know, he's in this room with us.
right now. I'm amazed by that. How can we not be amazed by that? The King of Kings is here with us. And he wants to talk with us. And we treat it like it's a drag, a chore. Okay, I'll pray. The King of Kings wants to talk to you. King of Kings wants to say, Trevor, how's it going? What can I do? How can I help? The King of Kings knows what's going on in your life right now. The struggles you had this week. The King of Kings knows them. And he wants to talk to you about them. He wants to help. of kings sometimes we get into our heads that prayer is like you know it's this ritual it's this thing we have to do I tell you it's something we're able to do we don't have to pray every day we get to pray every day the lines never shut the door's never locked. Cliff, King of Kings is right there and he wants to put his arm around you. Every day. I tell you, it blows my mind. What? What? I find it a miracle we don't pray more. Not a miracle. Amazing that we don't pray more. I never have to queue to see my king. It's right there. Guys, when you see prayer like that, how can it be a chore? How can it be a chore? Can I encourage you, if you're struggling with prayer, and it's because, of, I don't know, you've got into this ritual of formality, get rid of the formality. Talk to him. Listen to him. I tell you what, I like to think I'm fairly available, yeah? But I tell you, if you were trying to talk to me every day, <laughs> I might change that. <laughs> he never will. That's, that doesn't include you, Amelia, of course. <laughs> When I draw near to him, he never backs away. But he always comes towards me. My king's always available to listen. He's always available to talk. I have a tendency to space out sometimes. Somebody can be talking to me, and I am somewhere else. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Maybe he knows. My king never does that. When I'm talking to him, I've got his full attention. But here's the weird thing. We can all be talking to him at once and we've all got his full attention. That's my king. 
Now, here's the thing. You want to meet my king? You don't have to wait for a letter from the palace. You don't have to queue in the rain. In fact, this is to those watching. I suspect you've already got the invitation. My king has some other names. One of them is Saviour. Paul, when he's talking about the gospel, says this in 2 Timothy 1, 9-10. The gospel, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. My king is a saviour who has abolished death and brought life. In my king's kingdom, there's no death. There's no mourning. There's just life. Because Jesus died on a cross, because Jesus paid the price for our sin, for the things we've done wrong, because Jesus died, you have the invite. And you can have an audience with him anytime you want. And here's the thing about my kingdom's borders. They're open. They're open to anyone who wants to come and make him their king. And not only that, my kingdom has plenty of space. The borders are open, but there's only one door that anyone who wants to get in there has to go through. And Jesus said he's the door. You know, my kingdom has expats from every nation of the world. I'm one of them. I was born in the United Kingdom. But I am now part of the kingdom of God. My king, he sets captives free. He loves the poor. He heals the sick. He reaches to the lost and the broken. That's my king. You know, when Jesus stood before Pilate, the Roman governor, he was asked, Are you a king? And Jesus replied, My kingdom is not of this world. But you know what? There's coming a day where every kingdom of this world will end and my king's kingdom is coming. And you can be part of it. You can be part of it. I tell you, it's been a very special time to see a new king crowned in the United Kingdom. Oh, but my king's better. I don't mean that offensively, but my king's better. And you can meet him today. I'd love to pray for anyone watching who wants to meet my king. The invitation's already been sent. But it does say on the bottom, RSVP. 
you want to know my king, I'd love to pray with you. Can we just pray together here? Lord Jesus, I just want to pray for those who are watching that want to know who you are as king. Lord, I pray, reveal yourself. Show them who you are. And Lord, change their lives. And I pray for us here. Lord, that we will learn to take full advantage of a king who has no barriers between us and him. Lord, that we will take full advantage that, Lord, you, you want to speak to us. <laughs> and what's even more amazing is you want to hear from us. Lord, I pray, let us walk in that realization. We thank you. You are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. And we bless your holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.